0: This is Everything Elite, the world's best podcast devoted exclusively to all elite wrestling. I'm Aaron Bentley, and I am joined by my good friends, Nate, a.k.a. Epitasis. What's up, Nate?
1: Hello, Aaron. Hello. Uh, third guest, Mike. Just trying to stay warm here, and uh, good to see you guys.
0: Nate, of course, is our uh, elitologist. Uh, he will bring us the BTE recap later in the show. And we also have Iron Mike Spears. What's up,
2: Mike? Hey, y'all. It's your friend, Iron Mike Spears. How are y'all today?
0: <laughs> Mike is our OWE expert, and uh, we've got some more OWE news coming up in this podcast. You can find us all on Twitter, uh, the show's account, at EverythingAEW. And make sure you're subscribing to the show. You can subscribe to the full Voices of Wrestling podcasting network, or you can subscribe just to the uh, everything AEW feed. So make sure to uh, check that out and be subscribed. Uh, if you just want to follow us personally, I'm at Aaron like the car. Nate, of course, is at Epidesis. And Mike is at Fuji Heya with two eyes. So make sure you're following the crew. And don't forget about our other buddy, Aaron Taub at AP Taub. Okay, here's what we're going to talk about today. We've got some more news on Double or Nothing. Uh, some updates that we uh, didn't have uh, until recently. We have uh, the continued indie goodwill tour on behalf of the elite guys. We're going to talk about some new women who might be coming to AEW and just generally about the outlook for women in the promotion. Uh, like I said a second ago, we got some more info on the AEW OWE relationship, and Nate is going to break down being the elite for everybody. But let's get started with what we know now about Double or Nothing. Uh, we talked last week about how there would be something coming up. Uh, on that February seven eight time frame, we now know for sure that on February seventh at nine p.m. Eastern Time, there will be the double or nothing ticket announcement party at the talent pool at the MGM Grand Hotel. It's also going to be live streaming on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And we've heard that uh, there should be some talent, new talent, announced there. And why we know about this is that the uh, elite guys have started a new video series, I think. Uh, it's The Road to Double or Nothing. Uh, and we got some news out of that and some other interesting things. Nate, do you think that this is going to be an ongoing series as we go, as we count down to May for Double or Nothing?
1: Yeah, it seemed that way from the sort of way the video was presented. Um, I don't have the title of it in front of me, but it, you know they've got a history of doing these video series. Um, there was the NWA one that also sort of worked in concert with them when they were building up to that Cody versus all this match Uh, And then I think they had another video series even when they were building up to all in in addition to BTE Um, So yeah, that would certainly fit with uh, what we've come to expect from the elite guys
0: so the biggest news I think was just this uh, announcement of when we're gonna get um, You know another type of press conference sort of thing, but we did get some talent news uh, we talked last week about the fact that there were rumors that they had signed Jungle Boy, and they did confirm that on the Road to Double or Nothing show. Uh, Jungle Boy appeared and uh, was offered a contract and signed it and uh, et cetera. So we got that going. Uh, we also learned in the YouTube video that uh, QT Marshall was uh, was there. He's an AEW coordinator. That was the title he was given, uh, but it did use his his real name, Michael, I don't know, Quillari? Quillari? Quillari?
1: Quillari sounds good to me. Okay. Rolls off the tongue. (laughs) Uh, QT, if that's incorrect, please let us know.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, you are the coordinator, so that probably includes having to listen to this podcast. (laughs) So uh, I guess something else that was interesting in there is we got kind of pointed still shots of Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi, Moose, and uh, Stephen Amell. Nate did you take anything uh, actually also Pentagon I've had to tell you this twice Nate Pentagon was (laughs) featured in this video
1: I'm not gonna argue with you um, but it just didn't didn't strike me as pointedly as the Mm. other talents named there Um, but yeah definitely seemed like a intentional uh, tip of the hat tip of the hand tipping their hand uh, (laughs) where (laughs) these guys were shown in still photos uh, in particular Moose, um, and then we yeah. had a lot of chatter after the fact that suggested that, you know, maybe Moose is somebody they're looking at. Maybe Moose is somebody that has a out on his current contract with Impact. So, um, yeah, you know, again, they they usually don't show you something in these videos of theirs unless it means something.
2: Right. Like, Moose is one of the only people with remaining actual – Salaried contract with Impact Wrestling. I saw this on fightful.com where they had a page of contracts that were known and mooses listed. So it's interesting that they were very pointedly showing him when you had people that were already kind of in the elite fold. I mean, of course, Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi, and then Steven Amel, who that was kind of a surprise. that felt like that after he got injured and all this, that that might have been it for his wrestling career. I can't imagine a lot of his, uh, productions in the air would be happy if he got injured again doing wrestling
1: he might just be a uh, boutique wine coordinator for aew okay on the table for for steven
0: but the the pentagon thing wouldn't be too surprising in that you know we have heard that if the lucha underground thing gets resolved that aew is a real contender for pentas services and there may be something going on we don't know about yet but I did think it was interesting that they they focused on those uh, specific people. Now, as far as uh, QT goes, we have known about his involvement. He, of course, trained Brandy Rhodes. And our understanding is that he is involved with a wrestling school that the elite guys, that all elite, I'm not sure who, but that somebody affiliated with them uh, has purchased as presumably a school to use for uh, training going forward. But uh that's kind of all we know about that at this point.
1: Yeah, I think um, the the term I've heard bandied about is the Nightmare Family. We saw those exact words, I think, on the nice tracksuits that Cody had it all in. And you can sort of see some of the players that were there. Um, you know, Glacier was one that everybody jumped on immediately and recognized. Um, and yeah, you know, just today, just, you know, uh, uh, w- almost within the last hour, we heard that WWE had signed... Jeff Jarrett to a role in their company. And interestingly, he was somebody that was uh, also with Cody at all in. So, uh, you know, the, the competition continues.
0: Now, another thing I thought was interesting in the video was that people made a lot of noise about the fact that there wasn't video from all in, in being a leader in, in any of this other, uh, the build up to all elite wrestling. There were still photos from all in, in this video. Is there anything we can make of that?
2: I don't think so. Like, at least in my opinion, from what was known, the reason why they probably didn't have the footage rights was because that they used Sinclair equipment, and they probably negotiated that, and with the all-in Zero Hour, who knows? Like, it could be a WG in America thing where they own the rights to it. I mean, it's kind of common for this kind of stuff to have right holders holding this so the stills just kind of made sense at least for this context to me at least nate did you think of anything different about this
1: um no that's in line with what i would think all in the footage is probably owned by ring of honor they have the ring of honor equipment they made a deal with ring of honor to have it on honor club and everything so stands to reason that ownership of the footage um was probably a term one way or the other on those uh if you Recall, the Zero Hour stuff is not on the Ring of Honor site, probably because WGN America probably owns that, uh, if I were to wager. Um, So yeah, that's why you see still photos in these videos. And it really goes back to, in earlier BT videos, they of course weren't using Ring of Honor video footage, because the talent didn't own the footage. Um, So that's why they'd use fan cams and stuff. Uh, I would probably suspect that fan cams are a little more of a gray area, as far as the permissibility of having somebody repurpose that for their own YouTube show, but yeah, still photos are going to be considerably easier for them to obtain the rights to because you're going to have independent photographers and they probably had their own photographers there shooting at the time.
0: That's a fair point. I mean, yeah, we don't know the photos could have been uh, taken by anyone. Doesn't necessarily have to have come from the footage. So yeah, you're exactly right. Okay, well that's what we learned from the new Road to Double or Nothing video, uh, the the Indie Goodwill tour continued uh in this time in new in Waterbury, Connecticut. Um don't know a lot about what happened uh there at New, but I, you know, it seems like it's the same thing that has been going on as they show up. Uh they generally save Joey Ryan. And uh, you know, basically it seems to me that you were right, Nate, last last week that they're just kind of trying to build up uh I've, I've said goodwill several times, but they're trying to build up goodwill with these indies and more importantly, I think with the indie fans to remind them that like, no, you know, we're not just because we're with this big company now doesn't mean uh, that, that we're any different than we were. So still like us and, and buy our, our stuff, please.
1: Yeah. New makes sense as a place for them to appear. We know Cody worked dates for them. Uh, Young Bucks worked a lot of dates for them in the past. And, you know, they would even do like uh, signing appearances while they were under Ring of Honor contract. And, you know, Kenny Omega also had that match with Phoenix and New. Um, so totally fits in with them having connection there. Uh, and then we just saw on Twitter, them teasing very heavily that they're going to be at the Mac Macaloon productions show this weekend in Atlanta. I think it was Matt Jackson and Cody were the ones particularly explicit about it on Twitter. Um, but yeah, you've got an SCU versus Lucha brothers match on that card. Um, so I expect we'll see at least those two there. Well, who knows if it's going to be the whole crew again, or if they're going to continue sort of splitting these up and taking these dates and shifts.
0: Yeah, here's my thing about this. It's kind of, it's like, it was cool when it started, but it's getting kind of boring in that they tell everybody when they're coming and where they're gonna be. Like, which you're gonna get to in BTA when they do these like very obvious tweets to say that they're in Seattle, even though they're saying on this video that they're making like, oh, you know, we're gonna hide out and we want it to be a secret. Well, then make it a secret, right? Like why all the why all the um, fanfare instead of just, you know, showing up in random places occasionally. I think that would be more fun.
1: Yeah, I promised uh, Cubs fan that I'd mention that. They do, in this week's BT that will discuss, talk about how they want it to be a surprise and they how they want no one to know, and so they can, you know, have the big pop when they make the surprise appearance. And then literally two seconds later, they send the tweets, which made it extremely obvious that they were going to be at Defy. Um, I wonder if they would be doing that if these were already sold out shows i don't know how defy does but i you know if you're booking scu and you know the elite are coming to support i wonder if as a promoter you're like hey man we got you know 100 tickets left that's an easy 100 tickets gone if the bucks tweet that they're showing up so uh would be interested to see if there's any correlation there
0: that's a fair point you know maybe they're trying to help move tickets uh, but you know be a little coy about it that's fair what do you think mike
2: they've picked some uh, very pointed promotions so far and i mentioned this last week that defy has been on high spots they're linked in with the pivot share through a lot of different places uh new was on high spots they did the live stream of the phoenix versus kenny omega match and then you have mackaloon productions which it's in my area. I live about two hours outside of Atlanta. And the only thing I knew about McAloon Productions before this was that they were the ones that did the bar fight between, I think it was Tom Waller versus Ken Shamrock. So the, the, the it's interesting that this is an promotion that they don't really have very many links to. Yeah. Cody is in the greater Atlanta metro area. The, uh, school that we were kind of talking about earlier is in georgia as well so it seems like that this is a very easy stop for them in comparison to other places and i find it kind of interesting that atlanta was one of the places that new japan was looking towards for this upcoming weekend of shows and that whole relationship still kind of on the cool end and not much has changed but it's only about a three-hour drive between atlanta and charlotte so Who's to say that there might not be some negotiations going on this weekend as well?
0: Mike Spears dropping the uh, conspiracy. I really enjoy that. Geographic. Uh, oh, conspiracy? I'm the
2: conspiracy. <laughs> oh, I'm the conspiracy theorist on this cast. I mean, we can get into my thoughts about the ocean later, but there could be stuff going on.
0: I think the high spots thing is interesting too. That there's like this tie mm-hmm. between of high spots and all these promotions.
2: Well, high spots is in Charlotte as well, so. There's a lot of stuff that could be going on here, and to, just to go back a little bit about the school, one of the things that I thought was kind of interesting about building promotion is that you need to have like the ring infrastructure. You need to have like entryways. You need to have things like that. So forging a relationship with high spot with high spots who already has their own school, and then also having this nightmare family affiliated school means that they're getting this sort of infrastructure together that you're going to need to have when you're going towards. I mean now we're almost three months until then or four months until double or nothing. So they kind of have to start doing these kind of small steps along the way before they put on a big show at the MGM Grand Garden Arena.
0: All right. Uh, the next thing that I want to talk about is uh, well, generally about women in this promotion, uh, but we've got some specific news about a couple of women. Uh, the first thing is that uh, Britt Baker showed up in Ring of Honor this weekend. So, you know, she's announced as the first woman to sign with All Elite Wrestling, uh, and yet she is uh, taking other dates. She made a bunch of sub-tweets about taking the high road, apparently, and uh, was added late to this Ring of Honor show. But, Nate, what do you make of of Britt Baker showing up uh, in Ring of Honor? What does that mean about her relationship with, with AEW?
1: Yeah, I thought that was curious. She was a late addition to that, Ring of Honor cards, so it seemed like maybe a last minute thing or something. Like I don't think she would have an ongoing, you know, agreement with them, especially now that we have reason to believe she's under an AEW contract. Um, but they threw her on that show. They, I didn't, I had the match on, didn't really pay attention to it, but I think it was characterized as uh, Kelly Klein, the Women of Honor champion, beat her pretty soundly, which you know you would probably do if you're Ring of Honor in a situation like this. Um, but yeah, pretty curious cause these are theoretically promotions that are in competition with one another, but we've got Britt Baker. Who's like the, uh, you know, leading talent for the women's division at this time showed up on a ring of honor show all of a sudden. Um, and yeah, her exact tweet was take the high road. The low road is already too crowded. Um, and then she is looking to fill other dates. She's got February 9th open march 16th open so you know like we said we think these uh talent contracts with aew at this point are more like genuine independent contractors than they are or than the wwe tends to use um also worth noting if you're checking out brit baker's twitter account big nancy pelosi superfan
0: <laughs> i think it's interesting because i like the idea of I mean, these people need to make money if they're going to be real independent contractors and they should be allowed to take other dates. I do like the idea of holding folks out until their big show, you know, so you're kind of like, oh, I haven't seen any of these folks wrestle in a long time. Uh, But at the same time, you know, it may be that AEW needs to maintain some sort of goodwill with Ring of Honor because they may try to, you know, work some sort of triumvirate that involves New Japan. uh, If New Japan doesn't want to completely cut off Ring of Honor. So maybe in their best interest to be nice to to Ring of Honor when they can be. The other uh, women talent that we've kind of at least been hearing things about the first is Bay Priestley um, reportedly turned down an offer from WWE. The initial report I believe from Dave Meltzer was that she had signed with AEW. He kind of backed off of that. It seems like uh, that there's something close there at least, right, Nate?
1: Yeah, those Dave reported on one radio show that she was signing with AEW, uh, and that the WWE had also wanted her. Uh, and then the next, you know, radio show was like two days later, and he said, Oh, well, the deal's not done, but she turned down the WWE. So stands to reason. But, um, you know, we had like a little dust up with Bea and the other talent that looks to be maybe in the pipeline, uh, that being Sadie Gibbs, who, of course, famously got into it with. Will Osprey on Twitter over the last couple of days, who we know to be uh, Miss Priestley's significant other. Um, but yeah, you know, just watching Twitter, literally a Sasuke special by Sadie Gibbs went viral. And <laughs> soon thereafter, basically all the AEW talent followed her, and uh, Muki Gana retweeted it. And you could very rationally, reasonably. Surmise that, you know, somebody posted the gif in their little group chat. and Now she's on the AEW radar. So looking to see if one or both or either of those ladies show up to see this uh, ticket announcement party where Brandy Rhodes is promised new talent.
0: Yeah. So there's a few things that are interesting here. One. Uh, yeah, I guess I hadn't really thought about the Bay Priestley Priestley um, connection there with Will as far as the, the drama goes. Uh, if you missed out on that, basically, Will did a tweet where he's like, I reached out to two women who were going to Japan, told them I really didn't think they were ready, but blah, blah, blah. And one of them uh, really proved me wrong or whatever. Very uh, pointedly saying that, you know, one of them, he was right that she wasn't ready. And it became pretty obvious quickly that he was talking about Sadie Gibbs because I think he actually uh, mentioned or or tagged Bobby Tyler in the tweet, who was the other English talent, uh, on the most recent stardom tour. So he posted that and, uh, Sadie publicly went back at him, uh, you know, saying that she had done well in, in stardom and she only had to leave early because I believe her, her, a grandparent of hers passed away and she had to come home. There is some, this isn't a stardom podcast, but there is some, uh, <laughs> debate about, uh, what happened there with why she left or who allowed her to leave or whatever. Uh, but so we got that going on. Uh, but the the other thing that I think is uh, interesting about this is that there's this clear. Stardom, I don't know. I don't know if it's a relationship, uh, but there's a pipeline of sorts in that Brandy worked there, clearly made some connections. Uh has worked there and now Sadie Gibbs is working there. I even saw that uh, Matt Jackson, I believe, responded to one of Sadie's tweets about her dust up with Will and yeah. said, well, we all like what we saw.
1: That's, um, yeah, I thought that was curious because <laughs> uh, you're kind of shading Will a little bit with that tweet by Matt. But, you know, they're relatively savvy as far as they sort of know which way the wind is blowing on Twitter and they're going to um, follow the current when they're available to or when they, it's an option for them. You know, uh, they, they, as anyone does, they've, they've probably gotten Matt on Twitter a couple times. But, yeah, that was an interesting thing to do. Um, Will, you know, maybe take Juice Robinson's example um, and just, you know, what what good is there to be done with tweeting? Very little.
0: Delete your account, my man. Um, But the, the thing to me is that Brandy appears to be tied in with stardom, right? So one thing Will said was that he was getting this info about Sadie not doing well in stardom from someone connected to the promotion.
1: Probably his significant other.
0: Yeah. Okay, yeah, maybe true. But like who do we think Brandy is getting information from about stardom talent? But I just think it is weird that one side would be like, Oh, we've heard great things and we we now like this person and are interested in them. And then Will's getting information from somebody in stardom and saying, Oh, actually, she's awful.
1: I, I mean, I might wager a guess that literally uh famous GIF account, total diva Eps, is probably where they're gotta go out of their talent. <laughs> <laughs> That's how, you know, people get on the radar is T D GIFs them and it it bounces around Twitter, and then people know who they want to see.
0: All right, maybe I'm over maybe I'm uh, overestimating the Brandy stardom connection.
1: Well, I think it's probably correct that Brandy is most familiar with stardom talent out of all the Joshi promotions, um, and we know they had a interest in booking Joshi. Uh, but yeah, I mean Sadie Gibbs, I think that was her first tour, and yeah, I, I you had you have would have had to be watching it at the time. But literally, like all the talent jumped on following Sadie Gibbs, uh, you know, within a couple hours of each other. So it was probably a pretty fresh thing.
0: Now the, the bigger picture here, I I saw some talk about. Um, actually, I, I might be saying that when it was actually Nate who said this in a DM, and I'm just stealing his point. Uh, but just you made the point that it might be more attractive for uh, women who have not had a WWE run yet to sign with AEW because you're kind of getting the development. You're making a name for yourself. And then it, it you know, if it doesn't go uh, brilliantly uh, you can then st- still sign with WWE. Is that kind of the the point that you were getting at Nate?
1: Um, so I, I was really piggybacking off what Meltzer said on his show, okay. which is that AEW should be especially attractive to women, possibly more attractive to women than WWE contracts for much of the talent out there that are looking to sign their first major league deal um but yeah for those reasons you know you're not going to be stuck uh 30th in the line in NXT where you're waiting for people ahead of you to get their opportunities uh theoretically they're paying equal wages for equal spots on the card um and yeah you're definitely probably going to get the spotlight sooner than anyone else so if you've got something to show then you know 2 years from now you know uh, 1 year from now 6 years from now if we are looking at a different wrestling landscape and maybe AEW w didn't take off to the degree that uh we're hoping then yeah you know they can still go to the wwe and now they're more of a known quantity and you'd probably rather be a known quantity if you're coming into nxt than to be uh you know more underground
0: yeah i think that's fair uh, it's also you know we'd heard from dave earlier that uh viper got a quote much better offer than uh, other women in nxt uk in large part because of interest from AEW and kind of the changing market generally. So I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into our bubble, but I saw a lot of comments last night. Uh, Last night was the Royal Rumble, recording this Monday night, about how much a lot of people enjoyed uh, the women's portions of Royal Rumble, more so than the men's. I just think this is a particularly hot time in American wrestling for women's wrestling. And I think AEW could really make hay of that uh, if they really wanted to build up this division and uh, focus on it, and they could sign up a lot of this, uh, the good talent that's out there. Because the the women, I think it's safe to say the women haven't been rated in the same way the men have, uh, the talent that's out there, especially if they start looking into Japan. Um, so I just think it's a great time for a promotion to come up in America that really focuses on women, but also has the draw of the Bucks and Cody and those guys that are gonna bring eyeballs to the product,
2: yeah, I would definitely say that the marketplace for female wrestlers is a lot deeper, especially when you add in the benefits of bringing in joshi wrestlers. I mean, when we saw last night during the rumble they one of the reasons I feel like the Women's Rumble was more interesting because you had someone like Casey Canizarro show up that a lot of people were either not aware of her or only aware of her from american ninja warrior so it does seem that we're kind of seeing two things in my mind happening one we're seeing a true marketplace whereas before it was everyone waiting until you got a wwe contract offer and that was your first real your first real foray but now what we're seeing with like we're talking about like the viper offer like viper was held off on because she was a part of the world of sport promotion so she signed with that she went there and then further now is with like NXT UK or that's what it appears to be but now we're seeing that there are genuine competitors so i know that this is a couple of weeks old but they were talking about how WWE is now being forced to basically really raise their offers to these wrestlers and especially if you have an offer from another company presumably AEW that they're, they're willing to double it on the spot if you sign them. So it it seems like that both the female pool of wrestler is a lot deeper and hasn't been as rated as much at the same time. It seems like this is also a great time. If you're a wrestler trying to get a big time contract.
0: Yeah, I I think all that's true. And uh, although uh, speaking of the rumble, uh, there were some interesting comments from one Chris Jericho, as it relates to signing talent to AEW. Uh, He uh, actually, I think, Nate, you have the actual tweet pulled up, right?
1: Yeah, I've got both his tweets here. I think they've since been deleted. His uh, yeah. First was in reference to Brock Lesnar. He said, intimidation and fear goes a long way in our business, guys. Long in all caps. But let's be honest, at Brock Lesnar needs to pull up his pants and lose the gut. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know that Brock Lesnar has particularly uh, more girthy than chris is for guys with their size uh he goes on to say the dream is (laughs) over dude i don't play by the script dot 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 at wwe at ae wrestling uh so making sure to get the brands tagged in there and maybe this might just be a case this just came to mind maybe chris is uh appealing to all those people out there that think AEW is like a wwe outfit (laughs) and they're like it's the long play to uh set up a fake uh competitive promotion a jericho lesnar
0: feud is he yeah Trying maybe he's just that. trolling those
1: people. Hmm. Um, yeah, his second tweet was, hey, at WWE, at Ring of Honor, and at Impact Wrestling, uh, even though we think he's probably friendly with the Impact office. I love watching you push all your randoms, but just know that we are interested in maybe <laughs> six to eight of your towns total. We don't need you, exclamation mark, at AE Wrestling. That one, <laughs> uh, it's funny that he calls them randoms. That's uh, just... <laughs> funny um uh, and then yeah it's a real uh subtle dig six to eight of your talents total we don't need more than that um and yeah, <laughs> hey that that sounds like a good number to me i'm i was very happy to see that dolph ziggler returned to the wwe last night because um we don't particularly want to see him uh, in what we're hoping will be a good promotion
2: nope agreed yeah
0: so that's Interesting in that uh, if it was drunk Jericho going off, then, you know, there may be some truth to that. They're only looking at a handful of uh, guys who are signed to uh, the major promotions. And yeah, because I think it's interesting what uh, Meltzer has talked about, about them trying to build more with folks who haven't had a shot in a big company. And so I hope that they don't get overloaded with uh, kind of WWE retreads, even though I think there's something, there's value in trying to rebuild some of those guys. But i hope they don't get overloaded trying to do that
1: for sure and um yeah i'm interested to see who those relatively unknown people are um we know of course the you know joey mjf sort of universe sphere uh whatever right. you want to call it that sort of level of talent um but yeah I, you know i'm interested to see if they have any like true surprises for me because uh it i think it's fun to to be exposed to new talent just as a person watching wrestling, you know, people necessarily get stale. So it's fun to see fresh people.
0: Well, jungle boy is going to be new to me personally. So long time
1: jungle boy fan here. So not the case.
0: Well, (laughs) I guess what I really like is that I I understand that hangman page worked ring of honor in new Japan, but he's never been a top guy. And so what I think is even, well, no, it is cool to be, you know, uh, introduced to brand new talent, but it's also cool to see guys get a, uh, shot in a spot that they haven't been in before, and uh, Hangman is honestly one of the things I'm most looking forward to about AEW is seeing how he fares as the top babyface.
2: Yeah, and when you're talk, when Jericho talks about six to eight people that they care about, there's only so many more spots in all elite wrestling, in theory, for those six to eight people. So you're going to need to have someone like Hangman that you're going to build up and make into a star, and. You're going to need to have these new up-and-comers like Jungle Boy and the OWE kids to fill out the undercard because if they're only going to go for so many people, you still have to figure out who's going to be your lower card guys, who are going to be your guys on the rise, who's going to be your budding ace like Paige. So the, it, it's going to be real interesting to see if Jericho was just drunk tweeting and just didn't get, and just didn't care or if that was actually an insight into the All Elite strategy.
0: All right. Speaking of those OWE guys, uh, Mike, you got some info for us. I know Nuclear Convoy had an interview with Matt Jackson. So what did you uh, glean from that interview?
2: Yeah, so this actually came out the day after our second episode. So this was published on the 23rd. And again, this is from Nuclear Convoy. He's kind of the go-to person about OWE. And he had an interview with Matt Jackson, which talked about a little bit more in depth the all-elite side of the all-elite and owe relationship and you know it, it was not a very long interview but it really kind of submitted the idea that with with, uh, with owe there's going it's really like two groups that we need to talk about here we have the shima led stronghearts guys which is a lot of the guys who i talked about last last episode t-hawk Lindeman, takahiro yamamura and potentially the rascals and then you have the Chinese native talent. And he made a real kind of interesting point, Matt Jackson did in this interview, where he was really encouraging about the idea of having uh, having these all elite, or sorry, having these OWE wrestlers kind of come in, do a somewhat of an excursion, house them, and then send them back with more experience in the belt. So it, it's similar to what New Japan has done with sending people wrestlers to their promotional partners but just further kind of submits it and cements the relationship and it seems like we were talking about uh tde gifts earlier and that's how he discovered the owe guys was through seeing gifts on twitter And, and he talks about his relationship with shima that of course predates his new japan relationship and it's a really fun little interview it's not super long and It, it again, kind of submitted some of the things we talked about last week, about they were working on securing visas already. Of course, now with the government shutdown being over, one can assume that the visas are going to go ahead. And how how AEW is looking at working OWE cards in China. So that's going to be a real interesting thing, as OWE kind of picks up steam over there. They have TV now, so it's a marketplace for All Elite to already kind of get their grips in it, where other promotions like WWE really never has gotten a grip into China. They've tried with the Chinese talent, and it just was pretty big failure. Uh, New Japan has done a couple shows in East Asia outside of Japan, but they really didn't build too much with it. So it really kind of shows that this might be All Elite's way into China, which is something I feel like is really encouraging and looking a little bit more forward looking than a lot of other promotions in my mind.
0: Yeah. The most disappointing thing about, uh, your telling us about that there was that I've learned that I'm the only GIF guy on the podcast. Oh, uh, we're going to need to have this out. I think. Yeah. That's... Yeah.
2: We're going to need Taub on and make sure that we could bully you about this because it's hard G it's GIF.
0: Pretty sure Talb is a GIF guy. Um, I'm a <laughs> GIF guy, long, long time GIF guy.
2: Oh,
0: what's your yeah.
1: rationale it's just that uh, what is okay pronounce the or say the word for a image or a piece of art that you would uh, perhaps view upon your computer
0: a gif is that what okay the, the full word i don't know uh, the,
1: the okay word. i'm not gonna be able to i, I can't spell out for you say okay, the it word graphic. Graphic. It yeah graphic yeah
0: okay but say the word fill in the blank here blank And tonic.
1: Gin and tonic. Okay. That's a different, uh, those aren't related. Uh, Well, no, but. It it comes from graphic. It doesn't come from gin.
0: Okay, but then why does the guy who invented it call it a GIF?
1: Uh, Death of the author.
0: (laughs) Okay, I'll buy Death (laughs) of the Author. I don't know. The reason I say that. It's not peanut
1: butter. It's not peanut butter. I mean, you've already got a GIF on the market. So you've got to differentiate.
0: The reason I say it that way is because that's how I said it when I saw it written out before I ever heard anybody say it and uh, I'm stubborn and refuse to change basically. Okay, that fits. <laughs> wow, thanks.
2: Okay, <laughs> okay. I know. It's wow. GIF, you're wrong, but we'll move on. <laughs> I, I, I just don't say, GIF is a peanut butter. GIF is a mo- moving image. That's it, it's done.
0: I just don't like it, even though I, ha- I run a GIF account now, if you guys didn't know.
1: Oh, <sighs> gonna, uh, we need to stop talking about GIFs because I'm getting upset. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is how I felt <laughs> out last week with baseball. Okay.
1: <laughs> You're about as good at saying GIF as you are with clipping GIFs correctly.
2: Oh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't had to do it. I'm sorry. That was a this little just, harsh.
0: That was harsh, but I think I
1: think what I'm doing is cool. A little, good. little harsh. A little harsh. It wasn't that harsh. What what is the problem that you have with my GIFs? You left that uh, user interface in there. On yeah, the... I deleted it when I realized that Okay, and I fixed so it. kind okay. of an amateur mistake.
0: Brooke okay, there. yeah, true. But there's there's some good ones on there. <sighs> All right, Nate, just tell us about uh, this week's BTE, I guess.
1: All right, uh, BTE. Uh, worth noting that Flip Gordon is not in the intro anymore. I did not note if he was in the intro last week. But also no Marty Skrull appearances. So, yeah, Ring of Honor not allowing their talent to be on this show, which you would expect. Um, worth noting that Kitty Omega was on last week's show. Uh, So the show starts with Joey Ryan thanking the Bucks for saving him at Bar Wrestling and again at Defy. Uh, Joey says basically that he wants an AEW contract. Makes a joke about how we'll sign any contract without reading it. Uh, They spot that that's a joke about (laughs) Lucha Underground. Yeah, pretty good one. Um, So yeah, Nick and Matt are in the airport on their way to Defy. So we go back a little bit. Uh, Nick uh matt says i'm sorry nick and i decided to let's go back to our roots and check out the independent scene a little bit and now we're like we need more of this it was funny that you know probably the last like half year of bt episodes have the jackson brothers being very tired of travel and then this is them like being excited to travel like yeah i want to get back on the road so interesting uh contrast there
2: i have a theory about that oh yeah I think they're excited now because they have the all elite credit card and they're trying to rack up the miles to get platinum coverage so they can get free upgrades
1: they did say that they flew up first class um i will know they, they they cut that promo talking about how they flew themselves up first class it does come off a little differently you know when they were independent guys bragging about their checks and showing their royalty checks around the uh you know independent locker rooms Kind of more charming then than uh, later, now that we have them as executives out there bragging about their private yeah, was, and shit.
0: This was not charming at all.
1: <laughs> it it you know, didn't turn me off, but uh, there is a distinction to be made there. Yes. Uh, so next segment, we've got Cody in his home. He has taped a picture of MJF over Marty's head. Um, Brandy objects to this. Cody is gaslighting her, saying that Marty is dead. Brandy is pretty sure that's not true. Um, also interesting Marty's new shirt and ring of honor says all my friends are dead or my friends are all dead. So apparently when you exist in different wrestling universes, you're just concluding that the other party is deceased. Uh, and yeah, Cody's really excited about his new picture with MJF's cutout head just to I I, I also really like,
0: I'm sorry. I also really like the part of uh, Cody accusing Brandy of being jealous and, uh, and Brandy does this thing about how she's really hot. Why would she be jealous? But the way that she like reads the lines is really good. She like it comes off uh, very genuine and uh, hilarious.
1: Yeah, no, her like parting sort of uh, scoffing sound or whatever yeah. that was. Yeah, that was pretty charming. Yeah, it was. Okay, then we've got an SCU segment. Chris Daniels is hiding his face because uh, he reveals that it was Johnny Yuma that chipped his tooth at bar wrestling. Uh, the other guys, Kaz and Scorpio, are like, "Oh, it looks fine," but they actually think it looks terrible. Then we get our weekly Joey Janela segment. The Zandig back-breaking Joey Janella. This week he is a construction worker. He's got an eye patch over his one eye. That was a result of setting his eye on fire last week when he did the choric magician spot. <laughs> um, Joey, being a construction worker, consists of wearing a you know one of those orange safety vests uh, over his otherwise shirtless body. He hammers a wall. There's just nothing there. He's just hammering a wall. And then for no reason whatsoever, he pulls out another piece of the flash paper and sets his other eye on fire. I that was like a fun little bit. Uh, yeah. then we get the go. I was gonna
2: say, I really love the fact that Joey's been doing this, and it's very obvious that he just has a friend with his with his phone just recording it because he's just like wearing the orange vest over a pair of zebra or sorry, leopard zubaz and he's very much like trying to get into it i I don't know this has kind of become my favorite sketch my favorite segment of the show is just like how just like everything else is so coherent on the show and then you have joey janela corner where he's just completely doing something that looks very uh, looks very joey janela like and i appreciate that yeah
1: i'm going to take this time to make a personal appeal Um, the everything evolves podcast was i think unfairly described as burying joey janela uh, when he had become the evolved champion or WWN champion, whatever, same thing. And Joey, you got to unblock the Twitter account. Um, we like you. We like you even more now uh, because it's clear now that you don't want to be in Vince McMahon's promotion. Uh, we That was sort of a, a hit against you at the time when you were in the pipeline. Um, but now that you're with AEW, we find you considerably more interesting. Uh, the segments are funny, uh, and I will put over your matches uh, for a minimum of what should we say four months if you unblock the account and and let
0: us see those good ass tweets. Yeah, four months starting from today.
2: Yep, yeah. do it. <laughs> I'm on record as being a long time Joey Janela supporter for Voices of Wrestling. Yeah it's, yeah, it's
0: it's really bizarre because all that came from an episode that Nate was on of Everything Evolves, uh-huh. where we all said that the match was good.
1: Yeah, it was just you know it didn't appeal to the thing that we go to joey for which was kind of spectacle and irony right. and etc uh you know my point was hey you know uh, uh, work rate joey janela is not really what i watch of all for, but i'm willing to give work rate joey janela a chance because you're back in our good grace i think that's
0: my the thrust of my point yeah absolutely i just want to be clear that we i mean Actually, that's not I think, why we, were I, I think not why we Bix, got blocked. It was big stirring up shit, is why. That's no, we happened. got blocked because AT buried the Lost in New York show or the. Oh. Uh, whichever. I can't remember which show it was, but he, like, on from the Everything Evolves Twitter account, he buried the show that he was at.
1: That rings a bell. Okay.
0: Yeah. So and, and,
1: it's AT who is uh, not on the, the call yet. Yeah, he's, so.
0: he's not really on this show that <laughs> much, Joey. So unblock us, baby.
1: Yeah, we won't call you baby either.
0: <laughs> I will.
1: <laughs> okay, so then we get the Defy footage. Uh, interesting to note that they had like three camera angles when they had this. So I think they probably actually got the promotions feed in their footage. Um, when usually like it, when we saw it at Bar Wrestling, it was probably just Mrs. Massey out there with her own camera or something. Uh, Bucks were super over when they made their not really a surprise, surprise appearance. Uh, they did a penis spot for Joey. Uh, and then did a Meltzer driver. They got a promo. Basically, Matt said, hey, you know, we will always be indie wrestlers. Uh, And they said, I know a lot of your favorites are getting locked up and going places. You're not going to see a lot of them anymore. It seems pretty grim. Well, Matt says, I call BS. I just saw 25 of the most talented wrestlers in the back. You're going to be just fine. So, yeah, you know, he's sort of uh, underscoring that they think the indies are important, and they don't want to take that away from people. Uh, I should – I meant to plug this last week, but – a very good listen for anyone that is interested in this aspect of there possibly being a new major league promotion is the AIW podcast. The card is going to change. Uh, They got the AIW promoters on there last week talking about from their perspective, how difficult it is not knowing who's going to be available. Um, There's so, so some pretty good opinions and insight there. I mean, they always talk about having a rough time, producing their shows because indie wrestling is, uh, kind of untenable, I think, but, uh, worth giving that a listen. Also, I'm going to make another personal appeal now while I have the microphone, uh, on that show, I think it was John Thorin references, you know, it's difficult hearing from guys that aren't getting the call now guys that have been out there wrestling and aren't getting called up to the big leagues at this time when apparently there's a lot of demand for talent. Um, I think he's probably talking about Eddie Kingston because Eddie Kingston just said that he was going to retire this year. Uh, You guys got to sign Eddie Kingston. He's just the best. He's the most authentic guy in the business. He can do fucking anything. He can manage and be a riveting part of any promotion that he's a part of. So yeah, you got to have Eddie Kingston. Come on, give me a break. Okay, then we got the post-credits scene. It's uh, Matt talking to somebody on the phone. It's obviously Kenny Omega. He says, I can't believe people actually thought you were going to be there. Um, and then he says, Hey, is everything all set? And the guy on the other end of the line replies that yes, everything's all set. Uh, and then Matt says, I will see you soon. Then we see the phone that he was talking to without a person attached to it. It's the phone that has previously been identified as Kenny's phone. Um, they turn it over and we get the countdown on his phone. Um, the phone countdown goes to the day of the ticket announcement party. And also, I I think there's an ad on the top of the countdown because Kenny used a free app. You got to shell out the two dollars for the paid version <laughs> of the app.
0: Yeah, the I use that app. Um, it's a wedding planner app, right? Well, it's just called Countdown, but up at the top it says it does. There is a wedding planner ad, wedding planner app oh, okay. ad. You can stick, you can click on. Uh, but uh, wife of the show SB is a big fan of the Countdown app and got me uh, into using it. So I, I recognized it immediately.
1: And did you? Pay for the pro version to get rid of the banner ad? Is that an option?
0: Uh, I did not pay for the pro version wow. because oh, wow. uh, my phone does not appear on a popular YouTube
1: <laughs> I just, you know, kind of, kind of appears small time. We have reason to believe Kenny's made a fair amount of money in New Japan. He's yeah. made it into the yeah. Tokyo Dome a couple of times. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. I, you know, get rid of the ad. Nobody likes ads. Yeah, I agree. And that was the episode All of
0: right. BT. Good episode, I thought. I enjoyed it, it except the they could have we could have used some of Mike's editing and the defy. Version. Yeah. I mean, it was interminable. It's like, Okay, we get it. People like you.
2: It it's something for me that I love defy's production in general. I think they do a great job of making it look different. So using the cameras, like how Nate said, I like the fact because you can see kind of the foggy mist because they use heavy spotlights on the ring. But yeah, it it's one of those things that i saw nate had the notes already made up for this before i watched it and i was like oh defy footage okay and i i don't know like going back to how they, they like portray themselves a little bit as like the indie workers going everywhere like being a being happy to go to defy showing up at new which i assume will be on next week and then immediately with like how in the past has been talked about, like, oh yeah, their sales and they like, they're like T-shirt sales at PWG and like them like slapping down a, a, like a stack of money. I don't know. It doesn't feel as authentic, I guess, as I feel like the Road to Double no- Double or Nothing series is. And I think that's kind of interesting that they have, for lack of a better term, where it's a kayfabe storyline account with like being the elite, and now we have Road Two, which is more of an out of the ring. I have shoot perspective
1: yeah it definitely feels like I don't know 10% 15 18% more managed than uh, the show used to feel
2: hmm
0: well speaking of management
2: <laughs> great segue great segues this week guys
0: <laughs> pretty good pretty good speaking of management I know we promised last week that we were gonna have uh, some discussion of unions and pro wrestling this episode however In the interim, we've stumbled on a better idea, a better way to discuss unions and pro wrestling. We're working on uh, an interview with someone that's going to be very cool if we get it all worked out. And it looks like we might be able to bring you that on next week's episode, hopefully. So as soon as we can get that interview done, uh, our buddy Aaron Taub is going to handle that interview. And as soon as we get that together, we'll incorporate it into the show. And hopefully we can kind of use that a little bit to spring off for a discussion uh, but sorry not to be able to deliver on that this week. But very soon we're going to have uh, some much more informed and uh, expert discussion of unions and pro wrestling. But I think that covers everything that's gone on in the last week in the AEW realm. Nader, Mike, do you have anything else you want to add before we get out of here?
1: No, I don't, that's uh, that's about the long and short of it. Um, we'll see if we get a new Road to Double or Nothing video this week or if that's going to be uh, a more intermittent thing.
2: Yep, that's about it. I would like to say that we are mourning the loss of a very important Twitter account tonight, and WWE Mark Calloway is gone, and that's sad. But that's about it for yeah. at the least grimp. the all-elite world.
0: The Grimp Reaper.
2: Yeah, yeah we maybe maybe
1: we should take a, a moment of silence here as the uh, the outro.
0: No, I still got to do our plugs. I'm sorry. <laughs> After that, though. He's, he's mad
1: I got on him for GIF.
0: <laughs> I'm just, I'm mad that you um, talk crap about my GIFs. I mean, I work hard on those. <laughs> uh, they mean a lot to me. <laughs> and uh, I really just want to share my love of Joshi with the world. That's all. That's all.
1: Fair enough. I understand it, um, and yeah, we' am really looking forward to that upcoming uh, Magical Sugar Rabbits vs. Muscle JK match that was just announced for the upcoming Absolutely. TJPW show.
0: Yeah, that's gonna be great. Okay, so Twitter. Make sure you're following us. Every at everything AEW. I'm at Aaron Like the Car. Nate is at Epitasis. E P I T A S I S. Mike is at Fuji F U J I I H E Y A. Uh, also, make sure you're subscribing to the show. You get that uh, the new episodes directly into your feed quickly as possible. If you aren't subscribing to the Full Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, you can subscribe just to uh, Everything Elite. Just search that in your podcast app, and you will find us. So, I think that's it uh, for Nate. For Mike, I'm Aaron. We'll see you next week.